Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first and possibly last ever podcast <laughs> called The Emerald Palace. Uh, don't ask what the name is about, we're not going to tell you. Uh, this is going to be a podcast between myself and my good friend Nico, better known as Electrote on Twitch, who I've known for quite some time. Basically, the premise of this podcast is going to be, we're going to get to know some content creators. Uh, I'm sounding like a real YouTuber by saying content creators, but uh, that's what it is, right? So we got a bunch of people that we've been following on Twitch and interacting with for basically the entire quarantine, at least for myself. And uh, we're hopefully going to get to know them, get to know them a little bit better. So we're going to start by just introducing ourselves. So you're going to find out a little bit about me. Uh, in case you don't know, my name is Matt, aka Macho underscore the underscore three. And, uh, well, we got Nico, who we're going to talk to and can introduce himself because he's a grown man. Hello. But that's it's... the premise of this whole thing. So go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm uh, Nico, also known as Electrode on internet, but uh, you'll end up calling me Nico because it's much, much, much simpler. And uh, as Macho said, it's, uh, it's a pretty good time to make a podcast about the content creators we've been interacting with in the past, uh, I'd say, five months of quarantine. And uh, we'll start with Twitch people that we know. And... Uh, we do sound like YouTubers when we say content creators, but I feel like it just opens the door up for guests of any any type of artist or any anyone that creates basically content nowadays. Yeah, and my original thought was I want to give those smaller creators a platform to kind of get people to know them a little bit better, kind of the way we've been doing with the hosting and the interacting in chat and like we've kind of merged a bunch of communities together, but then that closes the door to you know, other people who might be a little better known, which is the best way to ruin a podcast. Be like, I know you're too popular. You can't come on this podcast. No, I feel like we just have, uh, we, 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 we're very inclusive. So getting to know someone is something that I personally really like. So I don't think I would get bored or I would gatekeep whoever we would invite. No, that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. And I think we're going to make a good duo too, because do you, like, do you consider yourself an introvert and extrovert? It's uh, like like most things in life, I don't think I'm black or white, but I would say that I'm mostly an introvert because I like to stay at home in the comfort uh, in the comfort of my own home in front of my computer a little more than I like going out. But there's nothing like a great evening with good friends. See, I always perceived you as a bit more of an extrovert, like definitely <laughs> a balance, but you, you're more comfortable meeting new people and putting yourself out there than I am. That's that I would probably uh, agree with that, but it's just Wait, I feel like I'm selective about the people with whom I want to go out there and uh, and like commit to having a good time. I guess that's fair. I think that's also smart. I think more people should be that way. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like I've I don't see wanna... way too many people that are like go ahead. Oh, fair. Thanks. I don't want to like fake the, my personality or just it's too draining for me to meet new people which I have little to no interest in for. So that's why I guess I just, I'm picky about uh, what I do with my time and uh, who I spend my time with. Yeah, I might be a little too picky at times, honestly. Yeah, I feel like you should say yes to poker next time or something. Come yeah, hang probably. out with us. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> at the same time, I, I like what you said about, uh, you know, not just being picky about who you hang out with, but uh, what was the other thing you said in there? I said that um, I'm. Uh, it's I hate not being myself. Let's say it like that. Right, and, right, right, right. And meeting new people. Thank you. That's too much. That's uh, too draining. So that's why I would uh, say that I'm more of an introvert because it's really draining to go like put on a mask and be like, "Ha ha, hi everyone," you know. Yeah, 
I mean, putting on a mask is in this day and age a great idea. Let's be perfectly honest, but an <laughs> actual mask. Yeah, I meant social <laughs> like, don't mask. Don't put on a fake mask, of course. <laughs> no, I. Uh, that's one thing about my stream that I'll say. What you see is really what you get. I, I don't put on any any type of personality traits for better or for worse. I feel like it's for better in most should. situations, honestly, and that's what I that's what I like the most about you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very much myself, and any of my friends who watch the stream are like, oh yeah, that's that's just the person that I know. I like I aspire I'm, to that. I try to do the same thing. Oh, uh, you do a fine job of it. <laughs> you're you're actually way better at uh, playing to the audience. Oh, I, well, I, I like in jokes and stuff. You mean? Well, in jokes, but like. You're so much better at just following along with conversations in chat than I am. Oh, okay, fair. And, like, you have more chatters than I do. I, I have very few. Yeah, you steal some. So when it's, like, one-on-one, -on -one, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I can carry a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. But when there's two chatters, I'm just like, uh, 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 where did I go? <laughs> That's probably my... Uh, uh, let me be quiet and play guitar now. Undiagnosed ADD. Where I can't turn off my brain, and if there's like bugs going off of me, I'm gonna acknowledge every single one of them, make sure. <laughs> Actually, uh, I said I wasn't gonna talk too much about work, but this brings up something that's far too interesting to not bring up. Um, I, I used to be in this room where the lights would flicker, and like a specific light would flicker, mm -hmm. and the only people who would notice were like the brightest kids. Really. Yeah, the ones who are like super high achieving, okay. I, the light would flicker and I'd notice it because like I have to pay attention to everything. But I just see like some heads kind of turn and look around. Hmm. So and sometimes oh. I'd step in and be like, yeah, sorry, the light was flickering. You, you noticed. Don't worry. I got you. That brings in like some uh, an interesting thought to me anyways. It just seems like would it would. Let's see, I have to formulate that question right, I feel. But would that mean that like the brightest kids are the ones that are the most tuned in? during class I, or like could we just I would correlate say so. it to that and I, i'm not saying paying attention to the teacher i'm just saying they're they're more aware of their surroundings mm -hmm. well that's like by yeah. tuned in that's what i mean being present doesn't yeah. mean like to pay attention to just the teacher but like mm -hmm. to be tuned into the, the the zone to be paying attention i i think that would be fair to say I, i've at least noticed that huh. the, those who are more aware of their surroundings and what's going on in class and more importantly others attitudes and emotions as well yeah yeah you add a lot of like complexity over top of that to make a whole mm -hmm. human being for sure but i was just yeah. curious because i've noticed that the more i'm present in the like in the present time the more you notice the more you can you can take in from your environment as well and i mean phones play a big role in that too right if someone's just absorbed into their phone there's no way that they're paying that close attention to their surroundings i'm sure you've had it where Either you or someone you're with is watching a movie or TV show, spend some time on their phone. They're just like, wait, what happened? Definitely. Well, my André or uh, Bobby Tortilla, the man that we know, whenever he's texting, mm -hmm. I can't, no words that I'm going to say are going to get through uh, his head. He just goes yeah. full, like, uh, tuned in. <laughs> and then I'm the complete opposite. My girlfriend was, is going to tell me something. And at worst, I'm going to finish my text or, like, stop typing and be like, I'll answer, I'll answer right after but generally, mm -hmm. I, I can take in information, like, at any time. And that's why I say, like, I have undiagnosed ADD, because I <laughs> feel like those are the characteristics. You could also just be, like, real skilled at multitasking. That's, that will, I, I guess they, they, they're, the Venn diagrams are correlating in, in this yeah, case. Yeah, the Venn diagram's <laughs> a circle. 
<laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a great multitasker. <laughs> I'll start saying it like that. Un- unmedicated multitasker. <laughs> yeah, that's your Umbrella Academy superpower. <laughs> it's like, I can blink through time and space. You're like, I can multitask pretty good. If you're ambidextrous, it can get pretty efficient. Dude, Where, whereas must. it's getting less efficient because we use keyboards now, but if you had to write things with two hands, mm-hmm. that would get crazy. Oh, writing two separate ideas would be just nuts. That would blow my mind. That's yeah, your CPU at this point. <laughs> You're multi-threading. <Yeah. laughs> Holy shit, that's true, eh? <laughs> You're mostly not human. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Are you silicon-based? <laughs> I need to see the carbon test. Yeah, you look like my computer. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the point of this podcast is that there's no point to this podcast. Pretty I don't much. know about you. We're I know you do listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do know that my favorite part of any podcast I listen to is when it's just like the hosts messing around. Yes. Uh, well, let's not shy away from like naming podcasts and shit. I know some artists just yeah. shy away, but I really I've listened to less podcasts during the quarantine. Uh, so I've skimmed down on my list, and lately, let's start with like our our uh, our couture in French. Uh, mm-hmm. If you can translate things that I forget in English too, if ever they're on top of your head or whatever, yeah. whenever I say them. Um, but lately, I've stuck to Mike Ward's Suzekut, which is a French Canadian podcast with Mike Ward as a host, mm-hmm. and that's just hilarious every time. I try to listen, or I'm uh, subscribed to his Patreon for the audio version. Because I listen to it in the car. I listen to it when I do uh, chores. I like doing chores and listening to podcasts. And the second one is uh, a little bit of uh, Your Mom's House podcast with Tom Segura and Christina Pejitsky. That's been hilarious. And I think that's a common one we've listened to a a little bit. And uh, I've listened to it. Honestly, I kind of got sick of all the poop jokes. Okay, fair, fair. (laughs) I just like it's a great podcast. It just got a little overwhelming for me. That's fair. I dig the like the Tom likes to make people uncomfortable vibe, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's what the what's the funniest to me. So I can just get over the poop joke, be like, okay, this is just a sound or whatever. But I like when Christina gets really annoyed. I like when he annoys his mom with his jokes and stuff like that. So I feel like that's what's keeping me in. It's his attitude and his personality, but not like sometimes the jokes are like, okay, fuck. Like there was a period of time for five six episodes. I feel like they were being. Uh, Méprisant in French, like really malicious in their jokes towards someone yep. that they were watching, and that kind of got me down. But then they kind of mm-hmm. steered away from that, and it was fine. But uh, generally, I really dig the dry and like uh, really sick humor they both have. To... <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're very good, and I do love uh, their comedy as well. They're both yes. very very skilled yes. stand up comics. Oh yes. Um, uh, personally, I really like sports podcasts. Oh, see, this is where we're going to differ because I don't follow yeah. sports at all. I don't have cable. Um, I like sports. I've Let's say I watched... Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan of sports myself. I've watched the Michael Jordan documentary. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate sports. I know that like elite athletes are really good at what they do. And I, I do... Uh, I run and stuff, so I practice sports. But it's just that I don't follow sports that much. Yeah, no, I, I'm heavy into it. And back when I was, you know, 17, 18, I was one of those kids who were like, oh, no, I'm the edgy outcast and none of the jocks. Like, they're all stupid and, like, my friends are smart. Like, sports are just for cool kids. And then I was like, wait, no, I actually just really enjoy sports. I'm not great mm-hmm. at them. I just thoroughly enjoy everything about them. I enjoy moving and uh, getting over my own limits. 
And mm. so that's why I've done mostly solo sports and stuff like that. But uh, that's what's kept me moving and uh, kept my admiration for like highly skilled and highly in shape people because it does prove a, a point to their own body and themselves that like they beat gravity more times than you did in a way. So it's kind of impressive. What blows my mind too is how good some kids can be at sports at such a young age. Oh yeah, that you must see a lot more examples of that than I do because I I don't interact with that many kids. I I had the perfect <laughs> example. This one kid in grade eight, so he was like thirteen, fourteen, something like that, and the guy could not comfortably, but he could dunk a basketball, which is not something I can do. And Me neither. Like I'll pat myself <laughs> on the back. I'm a little bit taller than he is. He actually probably he probably grew. No, I haven't seen him in a while, but. uh he came up to me because I, I used to run a basketball club where I'd show up an hour before work and just unlock the gym. And anyone who wanted to come, if they had a signed waiver saying like, yeah, I, I accept sports can happen. They can just play basketball. So I'd give them free court time and a nice wood court. So it was nice. You know, it was fun. One kid comes up to me, his hands bleeding. I'm like, what happened? He's like, well, I had a blister in my finger and I popped it on the rim. I was like, yeah, that's a problem most kids don't have. Nice. Like you just busted your hand. Wow. On the rim. That's insane. I've also, and it's funny, too, because oh. like we have the video feed on, and I saw you laughing, but RTX voice decided that that was noise that didn't want to happen. <laughs> so just so everyone knows, he was laughing at my story. He wasn't just going, wow. It'll pick up. Maybe I was just like really smiling and not much air. It might have been, di- been Discord, too. That's fair. <laughs> I was that's like, fair. well, that's silent. And then I look over, and you got this big smile. I'm like, okay, no, we good. We good. I have a, another example of like why uh, I guess sports are impressive and stuff. But when you notice that the top achievers of this world are the ones that actually stay in the best shape of their lives, uh, you you tend and you want to optimize your own life, you tend to uh, correlate that like moving and uh, just being active is really really good for your whole like cognition and your whole mental health and stuff like that. So that's what's kept me. Uh, interested in at least like in respect of everyone that moves not like i mean it's a release right yeah it is feels so good like there there is a direct correlation between physical activity and mood like there just is i think so well after a good run i never feel like crap unless i felt like like physically bad before the run but generally i don't go running when i feel that way but (laughs) yeah if I feel mentally drained and like, uh, if I feel like my mental health is a little down, which mm. does happen to everyone, I and and you go for a short run or something, you sweat it out, you end up thinking about other things, and at the end of the run, I guess it just puts things back into place because your body goes like, mm. guess and this life is where is we so have some bad. technology issues. Oh no. <laughs> it was just on my end, so thankfully you're recording yours. So I probably should have just good. shut up, but I'll know better for next time. So, yeah, we're uh, both gamers. We enjoy it. We have a bunch of uh, different interests and stuff like that. And we, uh, I feel like we complement each other in a way that our humor is very similar. Uh, we like shitty, shitty jokes and we assume, or on l'assume en français, and we like... Uh, yeah, we just own up to we it. We commit. We own up to it. Exactly. We own up to pretty much everything that we do. And we know if it's crap, we still enjoy the craft. <laughs> and I think that's uh, that's really funny to bounce off of you and uh, i was thinking about it last night and i feel like we are a little bit of a like straight man and or fudge i forgot the term but i know i generally set you up for a punchline yeah <laughs> no yeah yeah the right term is the the straight man straight man and uh punching guy like, punching the, guy no. <laughs> uh maybe maybe if we i actually stream together 
we'll end up throwing some fisticuffs. Oh, definitely. I'm gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to do some one v ones or get some banter going between <laughs> us eventually. We are having 1v1. a falling out. <laughs> Dude, we can create that for the drama. You know, drama sells for sure. Have you? Uh, speaking of like drama and coming back to podcasts, have you listened to a little bit of Two Bears One Cave with One Cave with Tom Segura? Oh, and uh, Brent Chrysler. Yes, Brent Chrysler. <laughs> I uh, I haven't listened to the podcast. I have seen the one clip where Tom finds out that Brett drinks Kool Aid like by the <laughs> gallon, eighteen out or whatever eighteen ounces of Kool Aid a day. Oh my gosh, is that funny? <laughs> uh, well, well, that podcast is really funny because Tom just tries to make Bert's uh, say the most absurd and like impossible things. So mm. that's a really good laugh, and I. Uh, I really love their friendship because they really make each other crack up like crazy. And those mm -hmm. those uh, those moments of crazy laughter where you can't even understand the noises that are coming out of their mouths because they're like, yeah, because <laughs> they're like gone. Those are like the moments I aspire to have in my own life. So, <laughs> oh, it's so great. <laughs> and we get some of those. So, yeah, it's just oh, genuine, sure. genuine laughter and good jokes. Sometimes the jokes are bad for me or not bad, but like not as funny from my perspective, mm -hmm. but I just like, I crack up anyways, because they're just gone. <laughs> I can remember one of those moments very, very vividly. Uh, have you ever had Louis pizza? I no, it doesn't ring any bells. Is that the one in, uh, in Vanier in Ottawa or no? Yeah, that's exactly it. Like close to the bowling alley. Yep. That, that's oh, the okay. One. Well, yes, it is. I was, I wasn't sure you were mentioning this, but I've been yeah. there like three times, but yeah, I have. Okay. Their pizza is spectacular, right? Like, it's just really good pizza. If you order extra cheese, you basically have a death wish. Uh, it, it comes default with extra cheese. Their crust tastes like cinnamon buns. Like, it's amazing. The reason that they're in business is because their pizza is amazing. The reason they're in business is not because they offer five-star service. No. Well, they offer fine enough service. It does the trick. But there's one time, and... I was there with uh, a good friend of mine, Dom, and uh, my buddy Steve, who was like the biggest fan of Louis Pizza. And we went there, and uh, at one point, Dom just spilled water, and it was onto his plate. The pizza wasn't there yet, but he just had this wet plate. But he used his napkin to clean up the water that was on the table. Okay. So then, like, his napkin was wet, but there was still water on his plate. So he's just, like, looking around with a wet napkin and a wet plate, like, trying to figure out what to do. Because he knows he's not going to, like, flag a server down. They, don't, they barely have servers there. That's not what they do. <laughs> so he's just kind of, like, looking around, and he just could not figure it out. And me and Steve were just dying laughing. <laughs> he's like, well, the napkin's wet, but, like, I can't make it more wet. But the plate's wet, and if they put the pizza on the plate, then the pizza's going to be wet. And he's... Like, it was a no-win situation. It was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. Water is the biggest killer of pizza worldwide. <laughs> like, no one wants soggy pizza. Oh, so. definitely not. But true. Uh, just, it, it's one of those moments where if you're there, you're there. And, like, you can just see the look on his face oh, yeah. of despair. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, like frantically. Non-threatening despair, I feel like, is the funniest emotion you can give to someone. Like, it's like... Uh, it's so good. It's like inoffensive jokes or type things where you know you could just fuck with your friend or like mess mm -hmm. around with them, but you know that ultimately it's not going to affect them like physically or hurt them or stuff like that. So those are like the funniest pranks you can pull on people, I feel. And laughing at your friend's oh, yeah. uh, slight misery at a restaurant. <laughs> if you can get to those moments, you'll take them every time. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's why I, like I like uh, 
the way Tom Segura torments people and likes to make them uncomfortable because it's kind of funny, but ultimately it's pretty harmless because it's just exactly. like it's just an offensive video. It's like, all right, I've seen this. I'm a little offended. I'm like, eh. but uh, you're not hurt physically, or it's not going to affect your life so much. Yeah, when it comes down to it, none of it is out of like rudeness or disrespect or anything like that. Definitely, that's that's the main the main point behind making a joke, in my opinion. <laughs> And like, th that's the thing when you look at a streamer where it's like, you see two people interacting like, oh man, like, that's so unfortunate. Like, are you going to be okay? It, it always seems kind of fake because I don't know about you, but with my friends, we just give each other crap nonstop. Uh, I have like Andre and stuff. We had a, a big phase of like, just literally being like, you're the gayest gay man there is. And like, um, insulting each other at every single <laughs> occasion we had. But that kind of died down. But yeah, we still do give each other some crap. Uh, like you do on my stream, you go like bad streamer refund and stuff like that. I feel like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. that uh, giving our friends kind of crap thing matured into giving them uh, like actually constructive crap, I guess, but still making fun of them. And uh, but the rest has just been if I do need to talk with friends, though, I know that they're there. But generally, it's just mm -hmm. uh, fooling around and having fun and uh, laughing is probably our main objective with most of my friends, I would say. Exactly. Yeah. And when it comes down to it, um, I would never insult someone that I intend to insult, if that makes any sense. Like if I actually think something negative about someone, I'm never actually going to say it to them. So if I think yeah. someone's a bad streamer, I'm not going to go into their chat and say, you're a bad streamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm only going to do that to someone who I think is actively a good streamer. I agree with you. I'm not going to go out of my way to like tell someone that they're down. If, if I do want to help, I'm going to try to be constructive with it. But then yeah. that gets touchy because some people don't take criticism or don't take... Mm. Um, yeah, they just don't want to hear about their flaws. So... Uh, you have to read the room and figure out if someone wants to hear it. But generally, I'd rather say something positive to reinforce that than uh, than do something negative. I guess there's a saying or whatever. If you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything. Mm -hmm. And I think that has a lot of value. And we're <laughs> I think we tend to forget it uh, in this Facebook comment era. Yeah, totally. It's like, oh, Facebook this comments thought... are something I try to avoid. Oh, definitely. It's like Facebook comments are like, oh, this thought I just had needs to be written and heard by everyone. <laughs> but it's like, no, 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 no. You have six million of those thoughts every day. You can filter some of them out. Facebook is not your mind. But yeah, some just people... because you can put it out there, it does not mean you should. Exactly, Catholic Church. What? Um, <laughs> I'm just, just because you can start a podcast, it does. Oh wait! Oh fudge, macho! No. <laughs> nah. Anyways, this is the last ever episode of the Emerald Palace. Thank you for tuning in. Pretty much, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so let's actually get into some content. Uh, yeah. Not that this isn't content, but it's not. It's like so on stream. Content. We play a lot of games, right? What? Video games on stream? You know. On oh, yeah. stream. Oh, yeah, those games. things made by the devil, right? Video games. They're virtual. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, you know what that? Duck Hunt? I no? remember. Pong. Uh, Pong? <laughs> <laughs> those are video games. Okay, no. Okay, kidding aside, yes, we play too, yeah, now many, we're on the same page. too many hours of video games <laughs> a week, I would say, but it's fun. It is. It also uh, keeps us out of trouble, right? If we're playing video games... We're not out there murdering people, which is the only other alternative, right? Only. There's two things to do in life. Playing video games yeah. and murdering That's people. That's right. 
So when I have kids and they play video games, I'm just going to say, well, at least they're not out murdering people, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what are some of your favorite games of all time? Uh, let's say the first right off the bat, the Smash series is probably one of my favorite games. Let's say Smash Ultimate and Smash uh, Melee have been big parts of my life. I haven't played them too much, and I'm not the best at them. But uh, the skill cap and being able to improve my gameplay in those games and like in 1v1s has been something that's been really personally rewarding to me. And uh, that's that's really fun to see your progress, to be able to like master new techniques and uh, like let's say the wave dash in Melee, I used to not be able to, but now I'm pretty much consistently able to wave dash and i know a lot of people are and it's like a basic in tournament play but it just felt good and also it showed one aspect of my personality which i personally like is that i'm untiltable because i learned to play melee with two guys uh, one that i used to work with at tivana shout out to eric prejean what's up and uh, raymond these guys we would play in a basement smoke a little bit of weed and then at the beginning, they would just completely smack me, like no no questions asked. They would just know and predict and everything. But as as I didn't mind losing, so I would just go, let's go, let's go for another one, let's go for another one, because I wouldn't take it personally. I knew it was a game, mm-hmm. um, and I would just keep banging my head against playing against them and trying to beat them. That eventually, after I don't know, I didn't count the amount of hours, but after a while, I ended up starting to learn the strategies, learn the techniques to be able to at least put up a fight against them. And that was like the most hype moments of my life. So it just, uh, I know this game, that those games are uh, really good games for me. No, and I cannot wave dash, by the way. You so. cannot wave dash? Heck yeah. I cannot. Professional Smash player. You at least there. got that on me. Let's go. If they re-release it on the Switch, we have to set up something to like play online. Oh, totally. How about you? I give mean, me the, a game. The new we can... Smash is pretty good too. Oh, it is. It is definitely. Give me you. Give me a game, and we can bounce off of each other and uh, take turns. Back and forth. I mean, the game I've been requesting. The game I've been re- oh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, man, Chrono Trigger. It is just a spectacular video game. Have you? And you'll play it at some it? point, and you will enjoy it. Have you completed it before? Completed it. It's a tough question because there are multiple endings. Okay, I've but have you many of them, a... but not okay. all of them. Well, okay, by completing I did not mean 100%. I would have asked if you had 100% of it. Um, ah. But completing feels like just doing one playthrough or getting to one ending feels like enough. Oh, many times. Okay, okay. So it's a bit um, of your, uh, your old school divinity in that sense. Pretty much, yeah. Like divinity just recently overtook Chrono Trigger as probably my favorite game ever. Nice. Well, I've played divinity with you and it's been really, really enjoyable. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 if we want to mention like the whole name of the game for the people that might be interested since this is an audio only podcast is a a great game that reminds me of Dungeons and Dragons Uh, but if you were a single player and you didn't have a DM around but it's like like it's got so many systems going that it gives you as many options as a game of uh, Dungeons and Dragons would I mean, that's part of the reason why I wanted to play Divinity is because I am the DM and I don't get to play Dungeons and Dragons. I get to run Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, that's fair. We need to find. Yeah, you should hook up with Tamu and Vincent's crew. They have a couple people that DM and maybe they oh, want to no include way. you as a player. Definitely. Yeah, I could try to, you know, you've known Tamu for a while and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe maybe you would like to play with them. Because I uh, saw them a couple times this summer, and the people that were invited were mostly people that were into D and D and like Hearthstone and stuff like that. So it would be mm-hmm. like 
half of the conversations were about the D&D campaigns that were they were running. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the D&D talk as well at some point. But, oh, yes. Uh, boy, is that a fun game to play. It's not a video game, but it is a game and it is a blast. This session of D&D has probably been the the most uh, fulfilling and satisfying for me because I hadn't played in a really, really long time, first of all. And I always dreaded like a role play. I always dreaded role playing because I really don't feel good at it. And it probably fits into the fact that I like to stay myself. So that mm-hmm. kind of maybe they uh, clash with each other. But uh, I've been having a lot of fun in this adventure because I know how I feel like at this point, I know how D&D works in, in its most general sense. So I don't have to be so granular about the rules and uh, looking up stuff and stuff all the time. So I feel a lot more comfortable with the choices and like that are offered to me and the choices that I'm taking in this D&D game. So it feels it feels pretty good. And I like yeah, I love I, the players. It's a lot of fun have. to run as well. Oh, I'm glad. Like the players are a good squad. The team gels well together. And like I'll make jokes all the time that like Dane has a stupid high AC and like so does Razar. Exactly. Rogues are just busted by design, <laughs> but it's all in good fault. fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah. you complain as a DM, but like as a person, you are enjoying this. You know, like, yeah, like yeah. I've said this on stream before. My biggest inspiration is Critical Role. They're most of the reason that I'm this into Dungeons and Dragons. And I'll see their, their DM, Matt Mercer, who's a very prolific voice actor. He'll like be frustrated that something happened, but at the same time be like, but I'm so proud of you because that's a really cool thing to do. But like, oh, I'm so mad. And like I had that moment when you guys just bear trapped the Nothic. It's like it's like playing Dead by Daylight as the as the single player, but actually having fun playing that game. Yeah. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine having fun playing that game. I'll be honest, that is not my cup of tea. I've I've never tried it and the the four one v four whatever gameplay does not interest me a one bit. It really no, I, feels I tried like it a, the one time. Mm-mm. It really feels it's, it looks like a running away simulator. So not yeah, pretty much. We'll see. Maybe one day. I'm open minded, but I don't feel like it's a game for me. No, it's definitely not one for me. Uh, give me one more game that you really love. Uh, let's see. I've, I've I've we spoke about this earlier before we started recording, but Doom 2016 was one of my uh, greatest shooter games mm-hmm. of of 2016. I think I played it in 2017 because I like to I like to buy games half off and stuff. But uh, in the recent like remakes and shooters like that, I was really really impressed by the really fast gameplay, the responsiveness of the controls and and the character, and uh, the most of the action, but most up up top of everything the music was the one that just mm. uh brought into a really cohesive whole that uh, i would love to put headphones on crank up the volume maybe a little more than i usually do when i game and just get let myself get immersed in the really heavy guitar and the and the, the metal behind like the whole mayhem and that's been a really really fun game and i think it uh calls out to what i like about games is that if the game is responsive and i feel like i have uh, I guess most control over the character and my skill is involved. That's when I feel like the game is the most satisfying and the most action packed, I guess. And that's absolutely, what, that's what I like a lot about video games. And it's so well optimized too. Oh yes. Uh, what are, who are they? It's not Bethesda. They publish it, but it's, uh, id studios. Id, id yeah. Id software yeah. are like, I have a lot of respect for id software cause they, f- it feels like they've stayed true to, uh, being game developers too, 
being to being really good game developers overall rather than selling out and just making a product which some and you can really tell that they care about it when you see the developers reaction to the speed run of doom eternal where they just find these glitches where they can fly through space and time and they can like skip entire maps and like oh you know what we should like put an unskippable cutscene in the sky just to mess <laughs> no. with speedrunners. Like that's oh, that's the perfect reaction. Really, like uh put a like something that a normal player would never achieve or attain. Exactly. And then put in this scene cannot be skipped right in the middle of <laughs> a speedrun. That I would I would love to see a game that way for like just to give Easter eggs to the the people that like to break software or to break mm-hmm. game software and specifically because that's a different kind of gaming I feel when you want to break oh, totally. the game and you like that's not intuitively i never i never look to like break the game and glitch through stuff and stuff like that and i feel like it takes a different kind of mind or a different kind of knowledge of the game to try and do that yeah there's no way i could do that i don't think i have the patience like there was a split second where i didn't think it was that impressive and i was just watching our, our friend fate 7799 <laughs> aka sam play asamu and i was like you know what I feel like I could do this. This doesn't look like it's that hard. Like, I, I bet that I could do this. And then I tried it, and it was like, there is no way that I can do this. There's no chance. Yeah, exactly. And for, for context, Asamu is a, a, a little game, indie game. I think it was made by Swedish developers because it was clearly translated from another language. But it's called Coffee A Stain Story. Coffee Stain Studios. Coffee Stain like Studios, exactly. But it's called A Story About My Uncle for context for people that actually are listening to this podcast and would not know the, the, Asamu, what Asamu meant. Thank you. Yeah, I forget that sometimes it's not just us. Yeah, we're, if we're going to, uh, we are going to talk in our own like slang lingo that we've developed over time, mm. but it is a really niche community that we have. So I feel like maybe sometimes... Uh, for the first time you could mention clearly what we're talking about if it's a video game and stuff like that so it would give a little more context oh uh, totally listen to this the, is why i have you as a co-host okay because i don't think of these things i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> i've listened to i used to you know we were talking about what podcasts we listened to uh, a little earlier and uh before i skimmed down i used to be um on podcast before i skimmed down on podcast listening uh i used to be a janitor and I would listen to a lot of podcasts at work. That's what I should have started with. But uh, when I was a janitor, I would listen to a lot of gaming podcasts. And I've noticed that even those uh, podcasts did not give enough context or did not mention the game clearly, at least, I guess, once during the conversation. So if I would zone out and come back to the to the listening, I would get really confused about what game they're talking about. And it would kind of get lost on me. So that's why uh, I feel like maybe mentioning it is important and like trying to get out of our own lingo could be good oh, for, for sure. viewership. Wait, are you saying that not everyone in the planet knows of Asamu? Come on now. <laughs> I mean, Sam's putting it on a map for the community. Maybe he's no put doubt. it on a map for us, but definitely so, not everyone knows. Again, for a little more context, he is the best story about my uncle speedrunner on the planet. Check him out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fate7799. Like, no I'm not just saying this because we're friends with the guy. I'm saying this because he is legitimately the best at it. The guy has every single speedrun world record possible at the time of recording this podcast. Definitely. He's, so he's, I'm watching him and I'm like, I could do this. I'm like, I cannot. Nope. So no chance. Yeah, we've been making jokes and fucking around all quarantine. And then he's been just breaking world records. Like, What kind of 
What kind of unproductive mess are we, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy, we got a podcast going. That's true. That's true. We got streams going. We got the level 70 in FF. Oh, wait. No, you didn't yet. But uh... hey, five classes, baby. Five classes. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's been an interesting quarantine. And part of the reason I developed such a love for Divinity is that me and my girlfriend, Maddie, we uh, we just spammed playing Divinity. Like we would finish a playthrough. And then the next day, we would just start another playthrough. So pretty much every night from about 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., we would just be playing Divinity. I mean, when you're stuck at home, the both of you, and that's like the common activity you both want to do, I don't yeah. blame you. I'm actually, I, I like, I've done that with my girlfriend a couple of times. We have a different situation. Obviously, we're not apart. We live in the same house now. But we got to play uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 together. And mm. that was really fun. And uh, I like I dig the fact that uh, we're we're both in relationships where our significant other actually games a little bit because <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy how the perspective can change when uh, you're well someone in, that's part of your life understands like what it is to to be a gamer and I'm going with air quotes yeah he's here. doing the air quotes uh, because it's just a, it's a hobby when you think about it in its simplest uh, sense. But it is a hobby that implies a lot of binging and a lot of paying attention and being like actively there. So having someone that's that shares that hobby makes it so much easier to be like, hey, I'd like to go game tonight or like I want to be not want to be my own person, but I want to do this activity. And it's not going to take away from uh, the attention that you give to that person and being able to share it with that person is even like a bonus. Exactly. In my no, opinion. You're, you're totally right there. It's it feels it feels so good to know that like she's gonna binge on Animal Crossing once in a while, so she gets it <laughs> if I want to binge on this this clicker or on Diablo or on anything else because she she gets that um it's engaging. Exactly, and actually I I cannot believe that I actually got her into League of Legends. Yeah, <laughs> yo, that's that's a step uh, forward from my relationship. I don't think I'll ever get her. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get her to start a league game. Yeah, we, we, we spammed bot games before playing Divinity. That was our routine. Oh, I mean, whatever works, right? Yeah, and I mean, like, you win the bot games, right? Like, that's just what happens. Yeah, you, you want to win at League? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> bot games, It's the only go. way to win at League. <laughs> <laughs> at least as far as I'm concerned. Oh, come on. <laughs> but it's all good. Speaking. No, I'm a, I, I enjoy League, but there's, I, I'm just not that good at it. I'm not that bad at it. I don't think so. I just like self-deprecating. But uh, I, I definitely can't grind that game and like play competitively. Yeah. it's. I don't it's, have it in me. I've played it for six years and continuing on video games. League of Legends is one of the games that I've spent a lot of time in and should be part of my uh, honorable mentions in, in this segment, this super segment of many detours, I should say. <laughs> and... Uh, it's taking me so long. I'm not good at it either, but I feel like at one point my skill was surpassed by my game sense. And then that's when it got really frustrating for me because I had better yeah. game sense than like actual game skills. So I couldn't apply what I knew. And I quit for about a year at the point where it felt like the game was just a team game. And like you couldn't like in the beginning of league's like life cycle you could there were better hyper carries and you could solo carry a game a little bit like think of the trick 2g era and how you would show you how to jungle and how you could deny yeah, creeps yeah. and be a lot more disrespectful to your opponents 
<laughs> and that feel it feels like it's came back a little bit in the the later game in the in the latest patches. But uh, at that point, whenever it felt like too much of a team game, I felt I I completely quit because it wasn't satisfying to play well in your role at all. It felt like it was just a roll of the dice. Oh, I got good teammates. Okay, we're winning lanes. Boom, the game is won because uh, we had like two winning lanes, and that was the only thing that would determine if you could win a game of league less about your own personal skill and impact in the game now i'm curious to hear your opinion on this but i'm someone who's played a lot of overwatch and in overwatch if you don't jump in on the team chat it's basically throwing what do you think voice chat would do for league of legends if they implemented it didn't they implement it like in pre-made games or like in the pre-made teams right yeah, like they have it if you queue up with someone, they have their league chat, but it's for sure not the default and no one really uses it outside of talking to their friends. But I'm talking like the team of five, you have to opt out of the voice lobby. By default, you're in the game, you have a microphone and you're communicating vocally with your teammates. I would opt out a lot because I like I don't like online strangers because you get less boundaries and people are a lot more rude because they, again, the Facebook, uh, the Facebook comment uh, syndrome just pops out of your mouth as well because you're protected by the screens you're behind or you feel protected and confident um and also if let's say i got used to not having a mic and not wanting a mic but if they had came with that setting uh right off the bat maybe it would have been different yeah that's fair i i think it's so weird because if you have a microphone and you're talking to someone i think you're a lot less likely to be as toxic than if you're just typing something that's that, that I would agree with that, but it still feels like if you're behind a computer and you know they're strangers that you won't meet ever again, some people tend to really throw it away at that point. They go like, oh, I don't care because I will never yeah. see them again. So I can, henceforth, I can be as rude as I want. So I guess it comes in a spectrum like people do, uh, but I would fear that that would happen more often than not. But that's just because I know the like the, the league community is slightly on the toxic side. Absolutely. But I'd like to add a point that League really did a good job at making the nonverbal verbal with pings and like systems where you mm -hmm. don't actually need the mic and to speak with your teammates to be able to communicate clearly your intentions in the game. So I can, I have to commend them on that because the ping system and they, because I think they were one of the first games to have a ping system and then it just spread. I'm not sure where it mm -hmm. came from, but it did start so, like, in a certain game and then it spread to every other game because you have some in Fortnite, you have pings and uh you well there is pings in final fantasy they're not as intuitive but warzone no. has pings like every shooting game now has ping apex apex i apex think was is the, the first biggest one with yeah. the big pings and stuff like that so uh they've done strides towards making nonverbal possible and uh i feel like that's probably a better system because not everyone has a mic i guess well, not everyone has a mic. There's going to be language barriers that are hard to overcome. Uh, there Definitely. are a lot of advantages to having more communication options. Yeah. It just seemed weird for me to have a game that is so reliant on team play, like you were saying in League of Legends, and for there to not be voice comms. Because in Overwatch, if you don't have a mic, you're throwing. Like, you're just throwing the game. You're not actively trying to win if you're not on comms. Okay, well, that's probably why I didn't like Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I loved Overwatch for quite some time. I like the character design, but... I just didn't feel like learning the matchups and I felt like it was really arbitrary. It's like, oh, I'm meeting this guy. Do I fight or not fight? And that was all the decision making you had to make in a way up to a, a like up to a certain extent. 
but uh, I don't think I got good enough to be a good judge of if the game is good or not either. I mean, don't get me wrong. I stopped playing Overwatch. <laughs> the meta's completely lost me. Yeah, um, I saw your last Overwatch stream. is most of the reason I'm into Twitch. Okay, you watched Overwatch League at first? I was watching a bunch of Overwatch League. Uh, I was watching a bunch of XQC. I'm not going to hide it. I'm beyond a three-year sub at this point. Oh, wow. That's good. And I'm... he's legitimately an incredible Overwatch player. Like, people meme a lot, but he's incredibly skilled at that game. I mean, you can meme as much as you want. We don't have 30,000 people watching us consistently. <laughs> Whatever game oh, and we play. He, he didn't. He didn't always have that. He was, he was grinding on Twitch for quite some time. Oh, I bet. But, like, the reason he became famous is, well, one, because he's very entertaining. But, two, he was one of the best tank players in Overwatch. Yeah, like, there's a reason he was a professional player, and it wasn't because everyone's like, you know, we really like his attitude and positivity. It's because he was really friggin' good at it. Yeah. I wouldn't have heard of him if that wasn't the case, though. So yeah, it worked out for him. Like, when it comes to Twitch, there's two reasons to watch someone. They're either incredibly good at the game, or yep. they're really engaging personalities. And we are none of the... Oh, damn That's it. correct. I am neither. Oh, oh shoot. Why did we cop ourselves out? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, we we try to be entertaining. Definitely, I we're don't doing know our if best. I am. We're doing our best to create some some content. We're having some fun, and we want to share yeah. that fun. I feel like that's the baseline, and uh, we kept through true to it through the whole quarantine, and through the just our For whole sure. streaming experience. And I mean, it's nearly impossible to grow as a variety streamer. Yeah, it feels like it is, eh? Like, I can't think of a single variety streamer that got big as a variety streamer, you know? You got to get big on one game and then branch out and take a that, hit. That's what I've seen. That's also what, I, I, what I've noticed as well. Because every hard. big streamer I can think of grinded one game for quite some time and gained an audience with that. Well, speaking of, I got to affiliate grinding Path of Exile because that's what I was really into at the time in, in like 2018. So hmm. I can, yeah, that's what got me to affiliate. I was uh, copying this other streamer's build. Well, copying, I'm saying, like, I'll be blatant because he was sharing it, though. So that's what a community yeah, yeah. is for. But it was Pox. And I've, I had been looking or watching his streams as well in his YouTube. And he was just, uh, he inspired me to stream in a way as well because he's just there. He goes, I'm going to game. Uh, I'm going to hang out. Uh, he, to, like, to his discredit, he doesn't have the best uh, personality. He's not that engaging, but he's there. He's informative when he wants to, and he grinded like a couple of games. He's a really, really good ARPG player. So every time he whips up an ARPG, people want his opinion at this point because he's got this small notoriety. But even if even if he's like a 200 viewer streamer lately, after five years, I've always respected his grind because he's just the kind of guy that shows up. He's gonna game, and he's gonna like do his thing, and it's gonna be it. But anyways, and I mean, oh, yeah. let's not pretend that 200 viewers is a small amount. Like, it is in the context of Twitch, but yes. 200 people, if you think about it, that's a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, but also, I like his guy, this guy's resolve because, yes, I didn't mention 200 uh, viewers, but whenever he does play, like, his main game, or the main game why he was known, Path of Exile, then his viewers skyrocket. But I appreciate wow. his integrity and the fact that he doesn't care about what game he plays. He's just there to play the games and have... The mm. people that do want to watch him show up, and I was always like, "Oh, that's something. That's something to keep in mind when you're streaming, because it can get hard to if you start comparing numbers and start hoping for for better viewership and stuff like that when you actually are trying to grow." 
And I guess it makes sense too, because if you have a viewer that follows you throughout every game, that basically means that they have all the same interests as you. Yeah. Which would be incredibly rare to find, right? Definitely. Those are hard people to find. Yeah. So I know I, I do. I think the one thing that I do that none of our other friend group does is music. Yes. You've got the music talent. We're just, we're just uh, university students and gamers up in here. We're not creative. No, I'm kidding. We're not, not creative, but uh, our talents do not include music. I personally didn't grow up in a music household. The only, only music I was exposed to was uh, recorded music and albums and bands and stuff like that. Never, never music creation. And I was never drawn to practicing an instrument for a really long time. So I never, I never picked up on it. No, my uh, my parents, neither of them really play music. My dad was forced to take accordion lessons when he was a kid. Accordion. I know. My nice. my grandpa was big into polka. Okay. I mean. And side note, my, my dad was going to sell his accordion. I'm like, you're not selling that. Like, if if you really <laughs> want to sell it, I'll buy it from you. But, like, this is not leaving my possession. That's a relic for you at this point. Yeah. Plus, but, like, my dad always loved music. So, even though he didn't play music, he would listen to a lot of music. And he would take me to concerts. And I, the first real concert I went to was Aerosmith when I was 16. Yo, that's and I was like, whoa, this is crazy. It's, it's a pretty good first concert. But what, what was really sad, and this was a good lesson to learn early in life, uh, their guitar player, Joe Perry, was like, all right, I'm going to play a solo song of mine. And like, there was an exodus of people going to the bathroom for that song. That's... And then it's like, all right, oh, now we're going to no. play Sweet Emotion. They all come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But actually, that, that brings us into uh, like how we, not met, but how we stayed friends, basically. And it's, didn't I take you to your first concert? Uh, I, it might have been like my third or fourth concert, but it was my first concert, let's say, as an adult, as someone like independent, where my parents yeah. weren't there. Because I know I had been to a Les Trois d'Accords concert when I was a little younger, thanks to like my sister having tickets or something. But I remember also my parents being there. So it wasn't like the super concert experience. But the first time I went out with a friend to a concert that I wanted to go was Protest the Hero in 2011, I think, in Ottawa. And I, right. I still remember we, we parked like past the museum in the little streets beside Sussex and we walked to the Mavericks. And uh, I was, I don't know if I was, I was probably the same size or a little smaller than I am, but I was really inexperienced with crowds and shows and stuff like that. So I was thankful that I had a, a Big Brother style friend to uh, just bring me, because it's funny how our relationship was a lot of friendship, but it just it felt like you were an example for me until recently, because I feel like we're both accomplished adults at this point. But you were always no, I a... became a worse person. It, it was <laughs> Fair, but <laughs> you no longer should look up to me. <laughs> but it's funny how three years, because you are about three years older than I am. And when you're uh, 13 and and 16, it makes a huge difference. I'm sorry, I had to calculate that. It, re it really that. does. It makes a huge difference in mentality. But then when you're 27 and 30, it's like, bro, we've been through this. We're adults. But anyways, yeah, exactly. you brought me to my first concert and my first uh, a real great experience. I don't, do you remember the metal gates in front of the band and stuff? Because we couldn't stage dive or... Oh, I will be honest. Mm -hmm. I don't, but I know what you're talking okay. about. And I remember you being like close to protect or protect me in quotes uh, in the pit and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was a great, great experience. I think I still have the pictures and I sent you a picture of the mm -hmm. actual ticket that I kept in my CD case 
uh, whenever I was sorting through my CDs back then. So And it's funny because even though I, I truly don't remember, I've gone to too many shows. There's no way I remember them all at this point. But That's you're fair. just describing the way I am at shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, ever since we've been to that show like that, I like to think that if I go with friends, I'm a little bit of a, a wolf pack type guy where I'm going to like check mm -hmm. up on them every two, three song or whatever. I liked, and you've created a monster by bringing me to that show because I got into, <laughs> I got into hardcore and I metalcore and stuff That's like that cool. after. So I became that guy that flails his arms in the pit and just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you hardcore know, dancing. Exactly. I did actually get into hardcore dancing. I like it because you don't hurt. Oh, anyone. I made fun of those people so much. Oh, you can make fun of me as much as you want. <laughs> But you, the way I do it, and it's probably not the same as everyone, but I know it evacuates a lot of like frustration and bad emotions. Yeah. But the way I do it is I try to keep that perimeter of security around me and I try to just do it for me and not to hit anyone and not to be violent or anything like that. But just to freaking flail around like a little bit of an idiot, obviously. But to, to, uh, to, to do myself, not to hurt others or, and stuff like that. And what I've found is the bigger the band, the nicer the crowd is going to be, which you wouldn't expect. I know. Hardcore is like that weird inverted correlation between like how heavy and mean they are and how like supportive mm -hmm. the whole community they have around them is. And that's like one of the things I really loved about hardcore and uh, a little less about metalcore. It was more preppy and like, look at me. I look cool with my stretchers <laughs> and my edginess. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, you created a monster because now my favorite shows are the hardcore shows where I can get in the pit. Have you seen on Facebook this, uh, it's like a meme page called Harm's Way, but to every single different band? No, I or haven't. Or to every single music. I think I've shared a couple on uh, on Hell's Phoenix's Discord, Martin. Um, it's like this show, this show segment of 30 seconds where people are like hardcore dancing and stuff and stage diving, but this guy keeps cutting different songs to it. <laughs> so that's hilarious. But yeah, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> I tr I'll try to find one and send you it uh, a little later. But uh, I love those gifts because they translate a lot, or those moments because they translate a lot of the intensity behind the the music and the shows and stuff like that. And actually, the the band I took you to, Protest the Hero, uh, I went to see them with Maddie and some other of my friends. And I think I've told you this before, but that's one of the moments where I realized, like, oh, I want to be with this person for quite some time. Oh, that's because that's like, so sweet. Well, here's why. It's not just because she went to the, like, screamy metal show with me because, I mean, she's a baller and she likes that kind of music, too. But uh, me and my friends were like, yo, we're going to go mosh. And her, like, five foot three-ness was like, I'm going to not mosh if that's all right with you guys. And we're like, yeah, fair. She just stayed at the back. We went and moshed, super sweaty. It was like Capital City Music Hall. So it's basically a song in there at that point. In which city We finished was the that? show. It was in Ottawa. Ottawa, okay. I, I don't know that. The, the venue, venue doesn't exist anymore. Okay. But uh, we go find her after the show and she has three bottles of water. And she's like, I figured that you guys would need these. It's really warm in here and you guys were moshing. She has water for me and my friends. And I'm just like, oh, yep, she's the most legit person. <laughs> that, that's so kind. That's yeah, so no, nice. I've, I've been to so many shows. I, I love live music. I do, too. I love the energy so much. Like, I think the best show I've seen is Circus Survive. Wow. Okay. They're they're so good, and I've seen the Deer Hunter, who's my favorite band of all time. I've seen them upwards of thirteen times. They're a great live show. They were my number one. But then I saw Circus Survive at Brass Monkey Billiards, hey, Brass Monkey. which is a venue that I have played. Like it's it's not, nice. and they they renovated it, and it looks amazing now. But I met the band. We played like they played, and holy crap, they're good. Anthony Green is the best frontman I've ever seen, and I've been to hundreds of concerts. Amazing. I have a. Uh, a 
like my favorite band live is Counterparts still. Okay. Because I remember one of my first hardcore shows I went to with a, a friend at the time was at the Mavericks. And then I saw them, I think it might have been in 2013 or something, a little later. But the first time I saw them, I kind of judged them because the lead singer was uh, not not facing the crowd. They were being mm -hmm. like really, I guess, emo and really like not self-conscious. And they didn't seem like they have a, had high self-esteem. The music was pretty good. And then I got the more I got into them, the more I went to see them in shows. And the more I like, I grew with them, I guess, with the band, mm -hmm. because consistently every album would Im impress me. And like, I would feel like they would stay the same band, but still make amazing music. And then every time I saw them, I was just more confident. And they were, uh, I noticed the, the, the front man had a lot more confidence and stuff like that. So I thought it nice. was a great like melding of melding of situations that made it so that like I grew with the band and I saw them grow as well. So uh, I'm rooting for that band to continue being a great band as much as I enjoy their music. So it's a it's a it's a weird like thing to notice, and it's a great experience at the same time. And I I might have told you this before, but you'll get a kick out of it. So your name Electrode it comes from a He Is Legend song, right? Yes, it is. Also, that comes from music. Yeah, my username comes from. So uh, they were playing Mavericks, which is a local venue in Ottawa. Yeah. But there's a second venue upstairs, which is Cafe Decuff. Decuff. There was a night where they were playing Mavericks and my band was playing Decuff. Oh, wow. So you so played. We, I was like at the same venue as them. And some of my friends were opening for He Is Legend. So we could hear this like sick show going on downstairs. There's like five people in front of us and we're just like playing our hearts out. I'm like, well, He Is Legend is downstairs. Yeah. So like if you had to choose between the two, I mean, who are They're you really going good. for? Like, yeah. So I wasn't but, able to see them, but I was able to play while they were playing, basically. <laughs> I remembered something while you were uh, telling your story about Counterparts as well, is the first time I let it go and went full into that hardcore dancing was to a Counterparts song at a show I was going to see of them. So it kind of just, you know, I had been to a lot of shows. You saw the people moshing. You're like, oh, I'm not that good. Or you feel self-conscious the first times you go. But then that one mm -hmm. breakdown hits and you just go, fuck it. This is the, this is the moment. Yeah. And that kind of unlocked that a counterpart song. So I owe it a lot to them. And uh, I feel like that's why they have a, a very special place in my heart. And small bonus tidbit, they are from Hamilton in Ontario, I believe. Nice, the so, hammer. Canadian band. You ever cry at a concert? I think so, yes. You know, I, don't, I know you haven't listened to them as much, but uh, Being as an Ocean is uh, a really, really great band that I've seen twice and twice the singer just goes straight up into the crowd and hugs everyone. And like, it's got, it's nice. got a really loving and like, take, like, let me take this, this positive energy and share it with you type band. Even if the music is heavy and like, let's say it's metalcore or melodic hardcore. Um, and mm. I was always impressed by this front man's, uh, like will to just go in a band. I saw them at, uh, the, in Ottawa, that little art place, I, I, I don't remember the name right now, but I have it on... Club Saw? Club Saw, yes, for the first time. With a couple of local bands like uh, that are melodic hardcore as well, Profits, which don't exist anymore. And I don't remember the other ones. But uh, we were about like 20 in that show. And during their, their main song, which is called The Hardest Part, is forgetting about those who loved you. It's a really long title. But yeah. that, like the first couple notes started and then the whole crowd just became a ball. And the big moments, everyone was singing in like the middle mic together. And it was a really great moment. 
and he managed to recreate it the next time I saw them at uh, Ritual. He still went into nice. the crowd. It was a lot bigger, a much bigger show because it was like one or two years yeah. after and they had got, gotten some traction. But he still kept like that same attitude and that same will to go in a crowd and share that song with them and everything. So uh, I, f- I feel like if I did cry at a show, it was it was one of those moments. I feel like I cried three times. I know for sure two. One was I saw Nine Inch Nails and they did Hurt, which is like, yeah, two? that makes sense. Oh, Hurt two? is such a great song. And uh, the other one, one of my favorite bands of all time, I know you like them too, Under Oath. Under Oath are great, yes. At their farewell show when they did A Boy Brushed Red, I was like, yep, we're uh, we're going to go and uh, shed some tears now. And then they did Writing on the Wall and it was like, and it's mosh time. <laughs> It's their yeah. farewell show. They're doing writing on the wall. We're moshing. Oh, I remember some architects shows where it's mosh time is a really good time. I swear, isn't there like two bands called Architects? One's Architects and one's like The Architects or something. I know the metalcore one from the UK called Architects, but I'm okay, not I, I sure. There's another one from the states that I saw play with. I think it was Protest. That's possible, huh? I'm pretty sure, but I like them quite a bit. I've never listened to the other one. Oh, okay. Another uh, cool show moment I had in my life was I was watching Immure, which is a really like breakdowny uh, party, mm-hmm. let's say party metal type uh, metalcore, and it was an, at Ritual again. <clears throat> Most of the shows I went to were in Ottawa, um, and then whenever one of the big breakdowns would hit, the crowd would be really nice and packed up. But then, if you want a hardcore dance, you need some space, right? So yeah. my favorite, some of my favorite moments at shows is when you split the crowd to make that pit. Mm-hmm. And at that moment on that song, I think it might have been like Solar Flare Homicide or whatever. But one of the big breakdowns, I remember being part of that opening up the pit type moment where you just start pushing people and you start splitting it up and doing some side to side. And uh, it was like I felt iconic because I felt like proud in a way uh, to yeah. having to having started that pit and getting that ball rolling. And getting that energy uh, right into the crowd. <laughs> There's something about moshing. And yes. I can mosh no problem. There's no way I'm ever going to crowd surf. Yeah, it, it doesn't interest me at all. I don't want to get groped by a bunch of different people. Like, I'd be fine with <laughs> crowd surfing, but at six foot three, it's not happening. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's just not. So I... At this point, I try to stick in the back of shows because I've seen enough. I've been up close. Like, I've done that whole thing. Okay, old man. <laughs> it's true, though. It's absolutely yeah, true. Yeah. You're not wrong. It's just funny. <laughs> and, like, no no one likes the friggin' giant at the front of the show, like, hiding everyone's view, even though they paid the same ticket price. And, like, I've been that giant. And I'm like, listen, my, my rule, this is my personal rule for shows about vision stuff. I show up fairly early Mm -hmm. and i don't push my way to the front i just take the spot that i'm you know allowed to take that's right there without getting anyone's way pretty much and if you want a good seat show up before me i'm not camping the gates i just show up at some point before the main band also go watch the local bands go watch the local bands show up before the main show like and stick around until the end Take it from Try a local to. musician. Oh, yeah. Try like <laughs> Like, I get it. Sometimes we'd be playing shows like a Tuesday at 11 p.m. or something ridiculous like that. And like, yeah, some people need fair. to work. Yeah. But, I, but like, there's I've nothing worse some... than being the smoke break. Definitely. 
I've noticed some people just show up for like the main band and stuff. And it's like, but aren't you like you paid for a whole ticket? Why not enjoy that whole experience? Yeah. And how are you not using this live experience as a way to like discover new bands and stuff like that? Yeah. And I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe you'll like another one of the bands, you know? Yeah. That's so that's many why bands I, loved, I love. We're opening. That's why I loved Rockfest so much. The two years yeah. I've been. It's just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I went once. My buddy just randomly won tickets. And it's like, do you want to go? Like, oh, no one nice. else can go. It's the last minute. And I was like, hmm, do I want to see some 41 Billy Talon Blink-182 under oath puts his sister for free? Yeah, you know no. what? I'm down for that. Forget about it. <laughs> Having a good time? I'm not about that. That wasn't I'll the plastic. I'll be honest. That was Blink not the plastic was terrible. Year. Oh, they were? I've never been a big fan of them. Or like a... Uh, I enjoyed them. They started playing at like one in the morning just because of the way the festival was laid out. Yeah. They did not seem interested. So they played a bunch of hits at the start. Then I look at my buddy. I'm like, yo, it's like one thirty. Do you want to just bounce? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I I remember yeah. that one year I went where it was like the plastic year where they had a lot of, they had a hard time uh, managing the toilets and they got talked about on the news Ooh, a lot. That I was 2013. That, yeah. But the thing is, is I was so trashed out that I was pretty much the same as like the the festival. So I was enjoying myself. <laughs> I like I, I noticed it, but I didn't because it was just like, no, 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 we're at a show. This is the first time I get to come to a festival. I was about yeah. like what twenty or something, so it was easy to <clears throat> just disregard all the all the trash. But yeah, I remember just big chilling. That festival is the first time I saw people with stretched ears, which had busted out, and like some people had them Ooh. had them wrapped around their ear for the first. Like, oh my gosh! And that was nasty. <laughs> that was extremely nasty. I'm sorry I'm saying that on a podcast, but it was a good experience. But that's when I realized uh, that I didn't want too big stretches, and I wanted to like uh, pay attention to that so I wouldn't get my ears like busted out. It was really oh, that gruesome. Is But no it was kidding. also the first time I saw really big hardcore dancing pits. Like Straight From The Path was playing there. And they they are like, a, I like to call them a modern Rage Against the Machines. Because mm -hmm. they got like that peppy little uh, machine-y guitar sounds to them. But they upped, they upped the rhythm and then they added breakdowns. Nice. Um, and they're trying to be political and like speak uh, for the public masses and stuff. Mm -hmm. But... They got a crowd riled up, and that was like one of the most intense hardcore pits I've I had seen in my life. And I was like, "Holy shit, that's different energy. That's festival energy." Yeah, <laughs> it's not, it's you, not you get the Ottawa. It's not Ottawa ritual <laughs> mosh energy, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's another level. Eh? But I think since those shows, I've started like taking myself a lot less seriously in the pits. In the, mm -hmm. in the mosh pits and now I like I went to see some really good deathcore bands and all I would do during the breakdowns was like crab it up or do some Fortnite dances recently <laughs> Fortnite dances dude oh, I would no. I would do Fortnite dances and during the biggest breakdowns just to like <laughs> be like yo I'm enjoying myself <laughs> that's fair <laughs> like I, I like now to to do fun like stupid silly dances with my body during the biggest breakdowns <laughs> of the heaviest songs and i'm like i probably look ridiculous but it's all about i can't imagine being in a band like that and you're just playing the heaviest breakdown you see some kid flossing <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you do the hotline bling in the pit in the pit <laughs> oh no <laughs> but 
also, to my defense, I would not only do that, I would also flail my, flail my arms around like a normal deathcore freaking uh, fanatic enjoyer. So I would probably compensate. It's like, yo, guys, I don't take myself seriously, but I am here for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do dig the metal. <laughs> I wonder what shows are going to look like in the future. Oh, I've, I think it's been about a year and a half since I haven't even looked into going to a show. Like pre pre Corona, I had my priorities had shifted, and it's hard to like make time to go to Ottawa and spend like six hours there, and then come back home, and then go to work the next morning, and all that stuff. But uh, uh, I get the itch. I get the itch a lot of times. I was talking to Maddie a couple of days ago, and I was trying to think what is the last show I saw before the lockdown. And for her, it was with me. It was Backstreet Boys. Wow, Backstreet Boys, where? Blues Fest. Oh, okay. And I was like, you know what? I, I know I've seen a show since then, but I can't even remember what it was. Yeah. All I remember from shows and stuff is like uh, being like, oh, Blues Fest would be fun. There's Alexis on fire this year. But yeah. the cross, the, the thought never like got to completion and stuff like that, because I guess like, I just feel like I can listen to music uh, on my own. And uh, right now, I guess the money and the priorities weren't for shows and stuff like that. It's, it was like a phase, I guess. Now that year uh, that Alexis on Fire was at Blues Fest last year, I got yeah. full festival passes, and I yes. did not regret it. Nice, I'm glad. That's like the timing was perfect for me because I knew I was going to be on break. Yeah, I knew I could afford it, and there was enough bands that I wanted to see that even on the days that it was going to skip, it would still be worth it to get the full festival pass. Nice, that's great. So that... Maddie ended up visiting for like a week. She got a three day pass, nice. so we got to see a few days of Blues Fest. She saw Backstreet Boys, which she wanted. I think we skipped one day, which was like not a big deal. That's amazing. But yeah, when there's a lot of bands, the the lineup has been or was really, really good last year, I feel. Better than the yeah. previous years, in my opinion. But I feel like it's because the Rockfest doesn't exist anymore that it released a lot of contracts and made sure that a lot of bands could play in other places. That's so very the, possible. the Blues Fest probably got to pick up a little bit of that metal coming from the Rockfest. And I'll be honest, the full festival pass... Like, just seeing Killers was worth the pass. Nice. They were that good. And what was funny is, uh, of course, they played Mr. Brightside. I heard Mr. Brightside. I did not see Mr. Brightside. Oh, that's how packed it was? I saw every other song, but during Mr. Brightside, the people directly in front of me were like, hey, babe, do you want to get on my shoulders? Oh, it was shoulder time. I see. So I saw a girl's back very clearly during Mr. Brightside. Nice. And nothing else. Oh, well. It was literally just her back. <laughs> no clothes, nothing back, only back. I mean, clothes from what I remember. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> just I'm her back, okay? I'm taking you very like, literally uh, here. Okay, fine. <laughs> and you know what? How about we take a quick break? Definitely. I mind speed running. I'm also going to save our recording so that For we don't sure. lose the entire podcast. And we are back from the short break. This is where we would insert sponsors if we had any. So if you want to sponsor the podcast for some reason, please contact me. Twitch.tv forward slash electro. Come on stream. Come say hi. Come ask <laughs> Speaking me for them of sponsors. Twitch. <laughs> Speaking of. Let's, uh, let's get some uh, focused content here. Who are some streamers you like to watch? Uh, lately, I've, I'm a really big fan of small communities, so I like to uplift the people that I know that are around me. And uh, when I do have time, I like to watch uh, Kai, K-K-A-A-I-I-G. 
he's one of mm-hmm. uh, another streamer, Tobiax Mods, and he streams on the side too. And he's pretty enjoyable. He's pretty chill. Uh, and I also really like watching Tobiak because he's a Swedish streamer. He's got a uh, really good energy. He plays a lot of different games. And recently he, he made a point to play through Dark Souls, which I thought was really uh, courageous of him because it's a really hard game. But he doesn't totally. take himself seriously enough that uh, even if he died a bajillion times, sorry, Toby, I didn't mean to insult you there, but he laughs about it with the, <laughs> with the crew, with the chat. And I feel like that's what like one of his strong points was because that was really, really entertaining. And I, I really like watching uh, my cousin Hell's Phoenix once in a while because he's got really high energy and he gets a really good chat going. I feel like he's got the mm-hmm. best chat uh, chat engagement in any streamer I've seen. Maybe behind Cat Pizza, but Cat Pizza is like, he's popping off. <laughs> he's just uh, a machine. Yeah. But there's a lot of little smaller communities that I like to watch. I feel like the bigger streamers are a lot better to watch on YouTube afterwards because... I don't, I don't like, I care for their skill, but I don't really care for the live uh, presence because I've got a lot of things to do in my, in my own life. Let's say it like that. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think you have a little bit different viewing habits than I do, which is nice. I mean, my priority list is weird. If I see someone I know who's streaming, chances are I'm going to hang out in that chat. Uh, I, I've spent a lot of time on Twitch during the lockdown and this whole summer, and a lot of the times I'll just pull up Twitch on my iPad, yeah. and anyone who's used Twitch on an Apple device knows that there's at least 15 seconds of delay on there. Unfortunately. So it's really tough to interact. So if I'm not interacting, I'll, I'll throw on XQC, depending on what he's playing. I think he's a really good streamer. Uh, and I don't need to chat to feel like I'm enjoying the experience. Uh, not... Not to gas you up too much, you are one of my favorite streamers to watch. <laughs> That's really nice of you to say. I, I, I do watch a lot of Electros. Ah, shit. Uh, mostly because you know how to take a joke. Stop. Stop. My head won't go through the door. Stop. That's fine. No. Yeah. <laughs> you move places. Your doorways are bigger now. Okay, good. No, I'm fine. <laughs> but I, I no, really appreciate it. Of, of course. Hell's Phoenix is great. You're right. I, I can't believe his chat interaction. <laughs> like I was talking about yours, but he has like, what, three, four times our viewership easily. Exactly. And it's a single message. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really, really good at that. And he, he always has He'll really neglect big gameplay to read chat. Yeah, exactly. He's not a gamer. He's a chatter. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. He's a just chatting streamer who plays games sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty much. He is what we aspire would aspire to be as just chatting streamer if we were girls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he manages to get the same uh, engagement that girls do, but without the freaking uh, cleavage. <laughs> yeah, he gets to keep all of his clothes. Uh, but in all seriousness, I really, I really do dig his chat. I don't like the games he plays as much but uh the mm-hmm. fact that he's willing to play horror games and is really really invested into them is really entertaining to me maybe because i've known him all my life but also because watching someone get scared uh without having to be in to interact with them is pretty funny too yeah but yeah, I, yeah I, I'm, I'm never gonna do horror i also really dig his uh quest for content let's call it like that because he did a cooking stream with his girlfriend and uh, I like his, uh, yeah, yeah, earlier in the summer when he was starting, I think it might have been about mid-June, but he did a, like 100 bits to cream pie me, which does not sound good saying it like that. But I assure you guys that it was cream pies in the kitchen with actual food. Actual pie. And yeah. an actual pie in the face like a clown does. Not the one you're thinking about, you sick bastards. 
Um, but I really enjoy his creative mind and the way he gets the community engaged and still manages to, I'm going to say it that way because let's just own up to it, but manages to still make a little bit of a profit off that stream. Mm. So yeah, yeah, I dig, I dig Martin's idea a lot, ideas. And I lo love the collaboration he offers because when he is online, he's always willing to, to participate or collaborate or play games with us and stuff like that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know he hasn't been streaming as much recently, but even just hearing him commentate during uh, Fate's story about my uncle's speedrun tournament. Oh, yeah, that was great. Like, he's just good on the mic. He is. He is really good on the mic. We, like, I, I'm lucky to have him as my cousin and that having grown up with him. But I feel like maybe our skill, our communication skills come from our grandfather, which always, always loves to tell us stories and stuff like that. Mm. And I've grown to really enjoy having a conversation with my grandfather over time. Because the more of an adult you become, the like the more conversation becomes like fun, and you can f find more uh, common points or just learn from your grandparents to that extent. But he's always been a really big fan of uh, telling stories and uh, be interacting with people. So I feel like we took a lot from that and are able to apply it in our in our social lives and in our Twitch lives as well. That's fair. And in fairness to my family, I know I said that my parents didn't play music, but my grandmother on my dad's side was actually a really good guitar player and singer. Oh, nice. So you might, you we might have some old school recordings. Nice. So you might have picked up a little bit of like, oh, grandma's pretty cool for playing that guitar. And then that just sparks that, that will in you to uh, be as good or aspire to be as good as her. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like I got to grow up to grow up around my grandparents okay. because on my mom's side, they're in northern Newfoundland in the middle of nowhere. And on my dad's side, they're in British Columbia. So like Ooh. literally two opposites. I never lived in either of those places. Huh? Not so I didn't huh. get to actually spend time with my grandparents that much. But like it's it's got to be genetic, right? Pro well, possibly it's, it's possible Expo getting exposed to music and all that stuff but did you initiate like hey dad can i play guitar hey dad can i go to guitar classes or was it just like natural and your own uh intuition that got you into into music you know, I, I mean my dad got me into music but like he also got my sister into music right and she never really got into it that much but i did yeah, yeah but, it was just kind of like in me to get into music a little more but that's where my question my yeah that's where my question lies did you like, were you as a kid finding yourself asking your parents to go to like music classes? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. and I, actually I never took any classes. Okay. Like I never learned how to play an instrument formally. I just oh, kind wow. of figured it out. Oh, wow. So you went and got tabs and like uh, used guitar, exactly. guitar pro five or whatever for a while. Yep, okay. Absolutely. Okay. Totally. So you're like a DIY musician in a way. Pretty much. For like the first time I got what I would consider music classes, because I, I got a bachelor in arts and I majored in music. Okay, so that probably um, just solidified your, your knowledge at that point. Yeah, but at that point, like, I had been in bands, like, I had been playing guitar, I had written songs. Like, I, I learned all my basses on my own, and I just would look up tabs. And what's funny is I gave guitar lessons, and I would never understand why people would play something and then look at me, is that right? I'm like, what do you mean, is that right? Use your ears. Like, you know that you play the wrong note. That didn't sound like A, B, okay. C, D, uh, F, G. That sounded like A, B, C, D. Like, it, it just okay, sounded yeah, yeah. wrong. Like, why are you asking me? Well, that may, yeah, that makes sense. Did you have to learn to read music with your degree? or? Um... Actually, the fact that I can't read music is why I don't have a bachelor in music, but I have a bachelor in arts. With, okay, okay, so I there's see. two different ones. The bachelor, like the B-Muse, 
BBUs. That one you have actual performance. That that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just uh, funny. Uh, there's an actual performance aspect to it, which yeah. I didn't have at all. And I did the audition, and they said prepare two pieces. Okay, I can do that, no problem. Sight read this, couldn't do it. Okay. Oh, okay. Like I so I can read music, but slowly. Very. Like, you're not like uh yeah yeah you're not practiced or your your sword is not honed. We could exactly. So, so tell it's just not it. my skill set. But what really always puzzled me is I can play things by ear, no problem. Maybe you got the the perfect ear or whatever it's called. The I, I don't have perfect pitch, but I have perfect. decent relative pitch. Okay. And every once in a while, I'll like play a note on the piano. Like if I play you a specific G note, you're going to know it's from Welcome to the Black Parade because you've heard that. Da, 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 like you've heard that. Da, okay, Sometimes yeah. I'll just hear a note on the piano and be like, oh, that's the note from this song. I bet it's in this key. Okay. Usually I'll be right. Not always, but usually I'll be right. Okay. But there's no aspect in university that caters to that, to being able to play something by ear. There'll be pitch training mm -hmm. to like train your relative pitch and stuff like that. But just being able to replicate something by ear, it's not a, it's not really a valued skill in music education, which I find interesting. It's it's interesting, but it seems to be a little bit of the line between uh, a theory and practice, I guess, because mm -hmm. you could probably apply that that uh that train of thought to like plumbing or something and in your plumbing class you're gonna see how water flows and uh, you're gonna calculate it and shit but then when you get on on the spot all you gotta do is make sure the pipes fit make sure that it like it flows to a certain way listen to your boss because he's done this for 15 years and he knows the little yeah. quirkiness of what go what's going on so you kind of like take what you can from the theory but unless you're trying to go real scholarly about it and really theoretic um the practice becomes a little bit different than what you actually learn. Mm -hmm. it, no, and it's part of the reason why I don't really want to make a career out of music. I just want to keep it a hobby. Yeah. Do it. Like for I fun. don't want to have to worry about music. I want it to be like my relaxation. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You want, yeah, you want it to be your downtime. You want it to be like, Oh, I'm just going to whip up a guitar or, or I'm just going to record this because I'm having a lot of fun right now. Or I feel I feel inspired. I feel like if you do something as a job, it has the potential to take a lot of the inspiration out of the thing you like. Yeah. Make no, it very monot monotonous. I, I don't know that I'd ever want to be a big streamer. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I like, I dream of making money on Twitch and like making a living out of playing video games, but I have a hard time imagining uh, the management of such a big community when I correlate like what numbers that would entail. It's crazy. And like, I'll watch a decent amount of Tim, the tap man, who's obviously a gigantic streamer, like fat jokes aside. I know that's kind of his thing, ha! but like he, he gets a ton of viewers and he sets a donation minimum at 25. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, not, that's not even for text to speech, right? That's just straight up. If you want to give me money, it better not be less than 25. But at the same time, he gets so many donations and there's so many people like he would not actually get to stream if all he did was read messages, you know? I know. And the the 12 minutes I've watched of this guy, I watched him like on and off once in a while. But whenever he was not winning at Fall Guys, the 12 minutes I, I watched actively, he got a donation for like 500 bucks. And then he got a donation yep. for 750 right after. I was like, what? <laughs> so like you see numbers like that. And it's like, well, maybe it's not all bad. <laughs> exactly. But um, if I want to stay true to myself... I, I feel like I would almost rather do a little bit of sponsored content and help some local, like, let's say, game developers and stuff like that 
uh, with collaboration mm -hmm. and playing their games on stream and giving my honest opinion than uh, than like catering to such a big audience. But at the same time, we can never know unless we 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 try to go there, right? Yeah. So it's hard to imagine. No, I, I, I got a lot of respect for Tim. He he does a great job with his community because you never like you'll hear stories of like oh excuse's got a toxic chat, but like Tim is just as big or mm -hmm. maybe bigger, and you don't hear stories like that. You know? Yeah. So he, he does a good job. He keeps it relatively clean. And uh, he's also very good at realizing that he's doing Twitch as a job. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so he, like, he says it? Yeah. Or he, like, he's self-aware? I like people that are able to be at least self-aware about it. Yeah, like he, he's jokingly self-aware, but like he's obviously self-aware. He does brand deals. He doesn't just do any brand deal, but like... Oh. He, he does a very good job at managing his stream. I would, I would also like... If I had the opportunity to do brand deals on stream, I would probably do them and I would just be really, really clear about them. It's like, oh, I got this for free or we, I spoke with this brand. I, I like them. Oh, yeah. So I said yes. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, you have to disclose when it's an ad, but yes. he's also not being like, yeah, I'm going to do an ad for like this garbage game. You know, exactly. Exactly. I'm not going to I wouldn't go for things that I know I wouldn't enjoy. But I also. Uh, find the idea of taking the the burden in air quotes the burden of donation off of the viewer because i like the fact yeah. that streaming on twitch is free for absolutely mm -hmm. anyone and that if you do want to donate you can but i wouldn't want my livelihoods my livelihood to be burdened on the viewer itself but i'd rather have like big companies sponsor me and stuff because it's much easier to take money from them than to take money from Ardit, for example, who just gives it away sometimes, and you're like, no, 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 you gotta eat, bro. You gotta save that for yeah, your yeah, own yeah. beers. Save that for your own time with your friends. You know, you you deserve it too. <laughs> like I'm sure you've seen the clip of uh Brox, the wood carving streamer. I don't think so, but I'd be. Oh interested. man, you'd you'd love it. Okay. He's from like the the Pacific Islands, like around New Zealand. All right. And he just carves a wood, and he's really good at what he does. And there's this really famous clip of him where. He, someone subs uh -huh. and just like oh you didn't have to do that can uh can i give it back he's like, <laughs> he's like oh you don't have to subscribe like twitch is free that's the best thing you can do is just watch for free <laughs> oh that's really sweet and he's just like this, this like gentle giant type of character oh that's great and he's such a sweetheart and then of course like people see that and they're like oh he's so wholesome like we got to gift more subs and he's like oh stop <laughs> do you follow a little bit of the powerlifting scene and stuff or not at all or like the strongest i mean i know man. half thor but half thor that's it okay well this other guy called brian shaw is uh fits the stereotype of the gentle giant He's like mm. 400 pounds, six foot seven at least, really, really big, bald man. But then he's got this uh, slightly high-pitched voice, but he's always so nice. It might be his nice. character, like his personality on camera, but I would believe that he is like this nice all the time. But it's really yeah. funny to notice how the bigger you are, the more imposing you are, the more calm you tend to be because you know nothing can get at you in a way, I think. Exactly. It's like, I'm an apex predator. Why the freak should I worry type thing? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I can squat 600 pounds. Like, what are you going to do to me? <laughs> exactly. I feel like it, it kind of comes together. <laughs> you know, like I was saying the other day, I've never been walking around and been afraid of anything. And I'm not jacked by any stretch. We're privileged. Like, I'm not an imposing figure. It helps but, that like, we're guys. It helps that we're guys. It helps that I'm 6'3". Yeah. Like, I don't really get messed with. No. Well. It's kind of nice. It does feel nice. 
Can't imagine being short like you. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm a I'm <laughs> at least medium or average adult size, so that's not so bad. You'll always be cynical to me. <laughs> yeah, that's because you knew me and I was a that's wimp. That's true. <laughs> oh, poor me. Nah. <laughs> no, I, I make fun, but like size is all I've got going for me. <laughs> it, it's really humbling. <laughs> Being beat one on one in basketball by like a seventh grader who's maybe five oh, feet. Oh wow! Yeah, that's that is humbling. <laughs> it's very humbling. <laughs> there are times where like I'm actually trying. <laughs> like yeah. they're still beating me. <laughs> that's... It's win win for me because either I win or as a coach I'm just like, well, hey, my players are better than me. Exactly. They should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. You've been practicing for this, kid. <laughs> it's working out. Man, I, I was getting real upset the other day because I was talking about my friend Dom. He, he's one of my really close friends, and he, he he's a unit of a man, right? The guy is okay. my height. He's well over 250. Like, he, he's just, he's a big dude. Is he Jack? Or not that He's shape? a big dude. Okay. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely not, like, the peak of physical fitness. But, like, he, he started diet. He's dropped a, he's dropped some weight. Oh, great. And th- there, there's some muscle in there for sure. Oh, I like bet. He, he's a strong guy, if, too. If he was a bandmate, he had to have carried the, the calves <laughs> and the drum set and stuff like that. So there oh, is no, no, some... no. He, he, he was never a bandmate. Oh, okay, okay. He, he did not have he, – he plays bass, but – I only assumed. He, yeah, no, I, I, I know I have, like, three friends, but only two of them are in my band. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't put all your no, eggs but, in the uh, same basket, right? <laughs> that's true. But he, he he used he used to be a really great basketball player, and uh, you can still see that some of that skill because I was playing very good defense and he was just hitting shots over me and I'm like, there's nothing more I can do. It's so frustrating. <laughs> oh, I bet. Like I'm in his face and like the hands there. He's like, yeah, I couldn't see the net, so I just had to rely on muscle memory. Like, well, I guess wow. your muscle memory was just fine, wasn't it? <laughs> Is that did that happen the la- when you went to your friend's place like two weekends ago? Yep. Oh, nice. Good recent. Yeah, he crushed me. Oh, that's good. Well, that's fun. Yeah, I, I I at least won a game or two of twenty one, but worth it. He's like, yeah, I had to hit shots because I know my cardio wasn't there, and I'm like, oh, I've been running, like my cardio was there, but my layups weren't because I hadn't shot a basketball in like eight months. Oh wow, yeah, that does take some practice. Yeah. He had a couple of weeks of warm up, so that's like my only excuse that I can make. <laughs> lag that I was lag. not able to play basketball in quarantine. Matt, you know we're playing in real life. No lag. <laughs> lag. <laughs> These shoes. I clicked on. I clicked Gravity on RT. Yeah, on exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid excuse. I, I I will say I am good at not blaming lag when I screw up in video games, unless I legitimately feel like there was lag, and that doesn't happen very often. Oh yeah, I'm legitimately good at blaming myself when I screw up on video games. So <laughs> yeah, my brain lags. <laughs> it's generally always me, and also I think that's what kept playing, kept me playing League so long is that, and also melee, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast. But um, the fact that I blame myself in a way, and I never blame equipment, mm-hmm. is why I don't take it personally because I know it's all me. Like oh yeah, yeah, maybe yep. some glitches happen and some things can happen, but. Um, generally you could dig down and find that the issue was mostly in like your execution of the the game or your interpretation of the situation but it was it's not really due to lag and like due to equipment failure and stuff like that (laughs) you didn't lag nine out of ten times right you lost nine out of ten times exactly you lagged once that still leaves eight l's yep 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 yeah yeah some moments like 
when they do happen and I feel like I'm not responsible, I go like, did you guys, did you see? Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm in the wrong here. Something went wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's just a cop out anyways to, uh, to blame your equipment. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't blame like myself being bronze in league on anything, but the fact that I'm not that good at league. Pretty much. If you took freaking faker you put him on my setup, played in the same conditions, the guy would still be challenger. You, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. The skills, it's the same thing with music, right? Like, give me a Hello Kitty guitar. Like, the do, this guy on YouTube does that. He takes a Hello Kitty guitar and just shreds it. Because okay. guess what? He's a great guitar player. That reminds me of, uh, it's not quite the same thing, but Mystery Guitar Man. This guy would make video music montages with a bunch of different instruments or just like he would record or sample hitting the, the hamburger phone closed and then he would make a beat yeah. with it. And that was really like it was an editing marvel. But mm -hmm. uh, that was also uh, quite impressive and it showed a lot of skills because you have to have that whole vision of the, the music and the video, right? I saw one guy on YouTube, Andrew Huang. He's a Canadian. He uh, he covered a Bruno Mars song, 24 Karat Gold, okay. using a carrot. <laughs> so, like, cutting the carrot was the snare sound. He cut holes in it to make a flute sound. Oh, my God. He used God. his voice for harmonies. That's he, he's a monster. He's so talented. That just brings us back to, like, that trend of a couple of years ago where people would play Overwatch and stuff on, like, bananas and on microwaves. <laughs> Did you see that? This I saw people beat Dark Souls with Donkey Kong bongos. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same thing. They would hook up same like idea. a bunch of bananas, and then this guy would play Winston with a bunch of bananas. So he would touch yeah. the bananas at the right <laughs> place. It was really silly. I think he played Symmetra with a microwave or something like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really funny. But it does so show to like, uh, I was impressed by the electrical engineering behind that because you have to find like, how to match your input and make it into a USB, first of all. And second oh, yeah, totally. of all, you have to get used to those weird controls where you touch like X banana to move forward and you touch the other banana to shoot. And it's like, how do you learn that? But yeah, yeah, yeah. So both sides of the coin were really, really interesting to me. And it's like stupid. It, it reminds me. But it, uh, it's like shit post, but it's also skill post at the same time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like one time I was teaching science, which if you know me is not exactly my area of expertise. Science! Yeah, but for like 14 year olds, like, yes, I understand most <laughs> of these concepts. Uh, there was like a science fair. And this one group, they put together a working thermodynamic phone charger. So they got this sensor on Amazon that if the discrepancy between heat and cold is enough, it'll create an electrical signal. Mm -hmm. And they were like, here, it works. And they would plug their phone into it and they were charging it with like an ice cube in their thumb. And I'm like, that's incredible that's good that's insane <laughs> like how how like i had to do that at university we were playing on uh programmable little cards like an arduino or a raspberry pi type thing okay and yeah. on those cards there was a temperature sensor and we did the same thing whereas uh if the temperature differential was uh lower it would turn blue if it was at a certain temperature it would turn green and then if it was hotter it would turn uh, red for example but then I just remember us like being close to the window during winter and being like, please refresh or uh, really rubbing on the card to like activate the <laughs> temperature sensor just to prove <laughs> our concept. But it, <laughs> that's funny. It's funny how it works like inside the machine, but then you look a little bit like an idiot when you try to make it work for without the, the conditions that it should be under. Like that kind of sensor would be used outside or something to 
yeah like to show temperature but then when you're inside trying to test it <laughs> you're there trying to <laughs> rub the card and try to make it hot yeah oh man life so life winding down here yes uh so we talked about streamers we like we talked about hobbies uh i guess what is your goal with this podcast what do you hope to accomplish that's a that's a great question first of all um thank you thank you i worked hard on it (laughs) well my my goal is to to keep this uh it's like there's many goals obviously but the first one is to jive with you and to keep our online relationship going because since quarantine started and then we started popping up on each other's streams that's when our friendship kind of got rekindled or our paths mm-hmm. just started crossing again because i feel like we're the kind of friends where we take detours and we take our own ways but then whenever our paths cross it's like hey i just had a bunch of fun with for the past like five years and it's yeah. not because we haven't spoken to each other that we're not friends anymore and stuff like that so that was really fun um uh my goal is to keep that relationship going because i'm really enjoying i've enjoyed the summer so much and i yeah it's been great like i never, i don't think i've laughed this much online in in a really long time so i i dig our our uh our collaboration i like the way we bounce off each other and also i am hilarious let's face it <laughs> if you have someone to set you up um <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> But also, I feel like the fact that we can get guests on here is going to give us a little bit of a portal to uh, the streamers that we like's personality and maybe just uh, further grow our community uh, with different kinds of mediums like podcasts and stuff like that. But uh, I just mm-hmm. increase our online presence as a, as a team and uh, get to know uh, a lot of different people if we can get some good guests on here. Yeah, and I mean, just looking through our little group, I'm going to call a bunch of people out. I would love to have Hell's Phoenix on here. He's got a lot to say. He's a super interesting person. Yes. Mr. World Record himself, Fate7799. Definitely. The guy's a world record holder. Let's talk about that. Uh, I think DJ Spheres would be a really fun one. The guy played Division One baseball. His setup's awesome. The guy produces music. Like, I, I've rated him a little bit. Uh, he's rated me before like he seems like a really interesting guy i would love to have him on here i like his stream i don't have i haven't interacted with him uh, as much as you have but uh this brings up a really good point whereas uh, the first two guests that you w- we would like to have hell's phoenix and fate 7799 i know a little more personally and then you know mm-hmm. dj spheres a little more so that's why i think we're going to make a great team because i feel like our questions are going to be on point uh if some if one of us knows the 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 guest a little better or a little more than the other. And honestly, I don't think we should limit this to just streamers. No. I think we should focus on content first. And I think having my buddy Dom on here would be absolutely hilarious because cool. I'm going to talk about him a lot. Okay. And uh, he can tell us a bit more about GAT3 and what that means. Oh, most definitely. I feel like we could uh, we could get a lore and a backstory going with all the people that we know <laughs> and we love and that interact with us on a daily Maybe we could get a Final Fantasy themed uh, podcast for one episode and get Mark on here and get his uh, mm-hmm. his impressions of the of the game and stuff like that. I think his full name is Marc Andre, right? Oh, Marc Antoine. Marc Antoine. My bad. But also, that would probably have be have to be a French episode for him. Oh, he'll figure it out in English. <laughs> He's smart enough. I've known him for long. Oh, I know and, he is. Yeah. 
No, funny enough, he, he was my first friend I made once we moved to Quebec. I was seven. Oh, wow. And we had a pool in our backyard, and I'm like, oh, shoot, like this is big time because that's not a thing in Alberta where I was originally from. <laughs> and uh, I just see this kid that's about my age in the street, and I'm like, I say in the worst French ever, like, hey, do you want to come swim at my place? And he's like, uh, sure. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> We're just friends ever Boom. since. You are my friends from now on. Yeah, and that's how it works when you're seven, right? Yep. That's the the greatest time of life where it's like, hey, man, you want to just hang out? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, you want me to be my friend? I'll give you some apple slices. Like <laughs> yeah, that. exactly. Hey, I like trucks. Do you want to like trucks with me? Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, continuing on the list of guests we would like, I would like to have Elkraz on here. For sure. Uh, I mean, the whole D&D party, Get Hell's, uh, oh, Hell's Fallen on here as well. Bobby Tortillo would be a great guest. He's got good conversation. Yep. And uh, to to stray away from our group of friends, I feel like the ones we met online, like Toby, would be a great guest. Mm-hmm. We could get an for insight sure. on Mr. Swedish Streamer's uh, life, or maybe go a little more personal about uh, the things he does off stream. If he want, if he does uh, feel like sharing them, or even just mm-hmm. talk about his stream uh, and his ideas and stuff like that, because he's a he's a really cool guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, we. Yeah. That's our attainable dream list, I think. Yeah, I think that's the attainable goals for the first episodes. And then if we get some traction, we can maybe get uh, Joe Rogan. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mr. Rogan, you want to come to Canada? (laughs) Oh, yeah, get him in person, of course. (laughs) From Texas? Like, yeah, right. (laughs) Maybe Americans will be allowed in the country by the time we can get him on. Oh, maybe. For sure. (laughs) If, If we get to that point, I'm not sure how it would work, but I think my dad would be a great guest because he likes conversation and stuff like that, and we can get some okay. good, uh, some good things out of this guy. If we don't talk yeah. about like video games too much, but he's into sports, so maybe you two could jive on the sports that he follows. He played hockey sure. when he was young until like 17 years know. old, so uh, he's got a little bit of that uh, that hockey bug. He's still in shape now. He he lives in Washington with my mom, but he's been walking like 10 kilometers at least every day. Wow. So, yeah, 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 so he's been doing good for himself, but I feel like he could be a good, uh, maybe a good guest, but I don't know how we would have to set it up because he's not that technologically inclined. But uh, I feel uh, like it, I'm sure it's doable. It could be something uh, special, like a special episode or something. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. We could try and get uh, the girlfriends on, like, at the same time. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I feel like it would make a great four, uh, four people episode, but I feel like it's going to take a lot of convincing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I could get Maddie to do it. I feel like... I think I, think I could convince her. It's going to take a lot of convincing on my side because even on Monday, she didn't want to come downstairs because she didn't want to be on cam, <laughs> which <laughs> I respect entirely, but I'm still giggling at it because she was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I respect funny. it. But she knows that like my cam gives right on the stairs. So <laughs> Yep. If you're coming down, you're on cam. Exactly. Hey, maybe we should do like a special D D episode, like after the oh. campaign's over and just have like everyone on. Yeah, we could do a D recap type podcast. That'd be fun. Because I I, I guess I said we were gonna talk about D and D and we never really did, so we can do a little bit on it. Oh, for sure. Um, if everyone wants to keep playing after this current campaign is over, I feel like I can adapt wherever we're at to another story. Okay. Or people could switch it up and play a different character if they wanted. We could like work something out like that. But to have like an end of campaign slash beginning of next campaign episode, I think it'd be really fun. I feel like 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe a, like a campaign recap to get everyone's mm -hmm. honest opinion about the whole the whole experience that we did and uh, what they would like improve or what they would like to uh, focus on maybe on a next campaign or something like that would be a, a pretty interesting insight to get from all the players. And uh, we didn't speak much about D&D, but I feel like it'll come naturally once we uh, we get into, into the jive of things. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we don't need to use every conversation topic on the first episode. Yeah, fair. Uh, we still have to have stuff to talk about in the future. Oh, I feel like it's been going at a, a really good rate this whole summer. We find stuff to talk about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both pretty good conversation. We're not, we're not going to. So I guess the time. last thing. Yeah. The last thing I want to end with is, uh, do you have anything to plug? Um, oh, my God. I can't believe I'm actually in the position where I'm like, actually, I have a Twitch channel. Uh, it's twitch.tv forward slash electro and that's my username you can find me on Instagram if you want but it's pretty dead uh, but it's the same <laughs> username it's electro and uh, yeah come watch the stream I try to stream twice at least twice every week until I get a job obviously things are, are uh, might change in the future but uh, come watch the stream come join the discord and uh, come interact with me how about you for myself, I don't know how much I'm going to be streaming going forward, but what I do know is that I intend on keeping the weekly D&D &D streams going. So if you're interested in interacting with me a little bit or watching some Dungeons & Dragons, uh, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, I like to run D&D. &D. If you join my Discord, I do have a D&D &D Talk Discord, and pinned to that, I have all the links to the recorded episodes of the D&D &D streams. So you gotta That's be... really the only thing I care about plugging. you got to be a fan to come watch the unlisted videos. You really do. And actually, I think the first episode has like 22 views, which is hilarious considering it's unlisted. Bro, we're, we're so. gaining. I think, I think we might want to get to a point where we actually list them, to be honest. Maybe. But that's I might have to your host them on a different channel, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to see that, twitch.tv forward slash macho underscore the underscore three. Well, thank you very much, Macho. It's been a great, uh, it's been a great first episode pilot attempt. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm satisfied with it. So if you guys are into what you're hearing, let me know. But even if you're not, I've had enough fun that we're probably going to do more episodes anyway. So I don't care that you didn't like our podcast. We're going to continue anyways. <laughs> exactly. Do we? Oh, yeah. I, I was going to say, uh, well, I was just going to cut. So go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to ask a more administrative question, but do we try to go weekly? Do we try to we see how it goes for the first time or... Yeah, I'm not sure. And I mean, nothing says that we have to release episodes upon recording. So if we have guests who want to go on and you want to help contribute to a backlog of episodes, uh, I guess we can record when we're free and just like save episodes and not just release them all at once. Fair. That makes sense to me. So if you're into this podcast, I can't tell you if it's going to be weekly, bi-weekly, monthly or what it is, but I can say that we're going to do more episodes. Subscribe so to the future to the Emerald Palace. Subscribe to the future RSS feed that we might make in the future. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk uh, off podcast about all these technical issues, but rest assured, however this is getting into your ear holes, we'll continue using this method unless we tell you otherwise. <laughs> and so until then, uh, take care of yourselves. And goodbye. I don't have an outro. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>